Spaced Out, and I'm C.G. England. Welcome to the Roommates Podcast, where we talk about being local business owners, small town life, and saying yes to new adventures. Hey everyone, welcome back to Roommates. I'm Natalie Stout. I'm C.G. England. And this week we have a guest, and really not to get us confused, we have another Natalie. I don't know if I can handle two Natalie's. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I mean, we, we refer to us as she's 1.0. I gave her that. She's 1.0. I'm 2.0. So you know, both have long blonde hair. Like you're both. Yeah. But here today, since it's your podcast, I could be 2.0. Well, we've talked about this before. Because, <laughs> you know, we used to talk. She lives in Knox. Natalie lives in Knoxville. Um, and so we'd always talked about, and I met her through Clark. Um, and so we talked about what. They were like, oh, yeah, when I came around to her group, 2.0. You know, she's 2.0. Uh-huh. And then so when she would come down here to visit Logan, her boyfriend, she would say, well, I can be 2.0 down here. And I'm like, no, that's way <laughs> too, too confusing. confusing. You just stay. So we, you could, from here on through the podcast, 1.0, 2.0. Okay. Or just, you could be Nat. Nat. And everybody calls know, her Nat. Right? You oh, should be great. with us like when we're in a group of people. Maria. Up, You're Maria in yeah, this I'll podcast. Maria. <laughs> Natalie Maria. Oh, they might say Maria. Okay, so first of all, Natalie Stout, please introduce our guest, who she is, how you met her, and then we'll get to that. Okay. My guest is <laughs> Natalie Fletcher, soon to be Natalie Fletcher Moore, as she put covers her face up, because she is engaged <laughs> to our lovely Upper Cumberland cowboy, Logan Moore. Okay. I met her through Clark. Through the rodeo. I met her through my friends that ride rodeo, as CG and Michael call it. They ride the rodeo. They ride the rodeo. And <laughs> so I met her through Clark, who went to high school rodeo with her, went to college, and I'll kind of let a... Let 1.0 step in and uh, tell you all about herself. So, Natalie Fletcher, we like to start it with, like, you know, where'd you grow up? How'd you grow up? And then, who are you today? Because we could tell everybody who you are today and what you do, and, like, that's cool, but how'd you get to where you are today? Oh, boy. Not the path that I was planning on. (laughs) Um, So, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, over Rocky Top. Um, I lived on my family farm with my sister and parents and we had tons of horses and I graduated high school went to West Tennessee to a very small town the University of Tennessee at Martin and went on a college rodeo scholarship that is where I met Clark and he was my best friend all throughout college we got to college I was a year behind him Um, I remember showing up on my first day and being like I'm on the rodeo team and I want to major in pre-vet and I want to go to vet school. And everyone laughed at me and said that um, you could rodeo or you could go to vet school, but you need to decide now. And I was like, no, I don't think you understand. Like, I want to college rodeo and I have to go to vet school. So that's that. So let's get started. And I just said, give me the chance. Like the first time I mess up, we can change this plan, but I have to at least try it. And um, all the non-believers is probably exactly what I needed. So I graduated um, from Martin, went to the college finals, got accepted into vet school, and moved back to East Tennessee to Lincoln Memorial University and went to school there. I graduated in 2020, which was the most climatic part of my life in the most (laughs) anticlimactic part of the world. (laughs) And that's when you're like, holy cow, like what is even happening right now? Um, I soon after that started practicing as an equine veterinarian over in East Tennessee. And that's when I thought I had life all figured out. Like I remember 
driving home from work and being like, I am living the dream. Like, how did God continue to bless me so much? Like, I got to do all these cool things. I got accepted into vet school. Here I am living in my hometown, working for my dream practice. Like, I didn't deserve that. Like, what what was I doing, you know? And um, so I loved it. I loved every second of it. And soon after, I think I was thinking about how perfect my life was, I get a horrible phone call on the way to a um, appointment one morning to look at a, a lame horse. And it was news that my dad had been in a very bad accident out on the road. Um, my dad worked in the country music business my whole life. So Waylon Jennings, ZZ Top, Randy Travis, Brooks and Dunn, and then at this point, Keith Urban. And he was out of town at a show and um, he had made a wrong step off of the stage and was in critical condition. And I remember getting home and being like, this is what God's prepared me for. Like, drop to your knees and pray. We're going to figure this out. I can quit my job. I'll move up there where the accident was. We'll rehab him. We'll bring him home. Like, we're going to get this figured out. And um, off we went. And before I could even get my bags packed, it was, you need to come now to say goodbye. And... Then I was like, okay, I actually don't need your strength to get through this, like to bring, you know, to this process I thought I had planned out of bringing my dad home is what I thought I needed the strength for. Like, how long would that be with rehabs? And I just didn't even know what that would look like, but I knew that we could do it. You know, I was, I was going to figure that out. And, um, then it was like, no, like I need the strength to like live through this day. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And, um, within 24 hours, my dad's boss got my sister and I there very quickly and we had to make some horrible decisions and, um, we knew exactly what the right answers were. We never, ever disagreed on anything. And within just a few hours, we were holding our, our dad's hand and he was transitioning into heaven and we flew back home. And that was when my life really started chapter two, I guess you could say. And to say that I'm a planner is an understatement. I plan out every part of every day. And she so, is such a planner. I love going on vacation <laughs> with Natalie because I have been, and she plans everything out. And it's like you have your own like personal planning assistant. So <laughs> it's amazing. She is a planner. <laughs> so I love it. You are my people. Yeah, the plan. Yeah, yes. plan for the plan. Well, and that's why you and guys I feel like are so successful. Look at both of you. Like that didn't happen by by chance you know like you guys planned and you made it happen um but you know and let's go back you say you know your dad's boss got you up there your dad's boss was that was Keith yeah that was was Keith Urban and he flies you guys up there on his private plane to get you guys there or gets a plane to get you guys there yeah and pass me the tissues (laughs) I know right they're on the yeah so he did and that shows his character too I mean there's not there's not a better guy out there but um yeah and And so I learned that through this, like how fortunate it's hard to say that, like, I'm so fortunate after what happened, but like, I am like, a, I had a dad that it was so hard to say goodbye to B. I had a mom that raised me and has not left my sister and I side throughout all of this, but then see like to have the people get you places and bad things happen to good people all the time. But I got to go be with my dad and hold his hand through that time. And a lot of people can't say that, you know, whether it's time or money, you know, whatever stands in between. And so I, I still am very fortunate as crazy as that sounds. 
Well, and uh, let's talk about Baja for a minute. That that <laughs> that is Baja? that's Natalie's dad. Okay. Well, he had um, a real name. He had a real name. <laughs> but I and, and oh, he must have been a hippie. Yeah. Kind of. You know, he's a music guy. He's definitely and he loved music. I met Natalie's dad. Let's go down this road. So one you got time. to meet him. I got to meet him oh, one gosh. time. And we were big fans of each other, me and Baja. Aww. We were like, off the bat, his personality. Oh, my goodness. There's like, so much alike. I mean, oh, no, he's, he, he's bigger than me. His personality was just like bigger than life. Like, Aww. I walk in and we go to her sister's graduation party. Because mm-hmm. Cork and Natalie are show uppers. Like, you have two types of friends. Mm-hmm. And they're the type that Aww. it's always yes and yes will be there. Yeah. And they come. It's and crazy how come. that works, yeah. right? And so we, we go to Lucinda's graduation party and we walk in and... You know, and, and I'd never met Natalie's mom either. And of course, her parents are divorced. They got divorced when she was like 13, 14, somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah. And so, but they lived close, raised the kids. Randy was gone. Baja, Randy okay. um, was gone on the road a lot. And so she was at home raising the kids. And, um, but they're though both there at the graduation party, like not hating each other, not <laughs> yelling at each other. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. Like they didn't have to have two graduation parties, you know, oh, like they're yeah. there. And of course I walk in and Baja gets up and he's like, come ah. Natalie and Lucinda's out. When I tell you, he's like this big personality. You just so we sit there and talk for like two hours. Like he's telling me about country music, the business, how much he loved his passion. It when it was his passion, Natalie. It was his. Like he goes down the road of telling me about his divorce. I laugh all the time when I talk about this because it's just like you know he's so passionate. We're talking about it, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, you know, I mean, I I love my job. Like, you know, and me and Marty we've been married, and then you know she wanted me to come off the road. I was like, I can't come off the road. Like, this is my job. Like, and then so like, and he's like, so we got divorced, you know, and um, it was just it, it was funny because it. And Marty's like there, just hearing Marty's like there, like in her own world, like whatever. This is Randy, you know, like she's lived it, you know. But me and him just talking, like I said, his 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 he just gave off this, like you just wanted to be around him. Mm. He's that guy. Yeah. And Natalie and her sister both have this just quality about them. That's the same vibe as their dad. Oh, it's like the same aura. And mm-hmm. so that's yeah. Is your sister of, elder or younger? She's older, two and a okay. half years older, and okay. a, a touch more introverted. And okay. so I've kind of always been the. She's more like her dad, I'm probably. Talking with my hands. And your 40th birthday party. You did. Yeah. You did. Mm-hmm. You met her, yes. Yeah. And so, but yeah. And so I'll kind of like, you know, I just, I really think I just had to drive home Baja and who he was. Like, his just cat. And he, he'd been in the country music business 50. Yeah, over 50 years. Over yeah, it was 50 all he knew. years. All, and he loved, he loved everything about what he did. Did he share stories your whole life with you about? All the adventures. time. You yeah. have to like document those stories. So there's a product called StoryWorth. Shout out to it. Um, but <laughs> We're you, not getting paid for that. <laughs> you, We signed my dad up for it and it would email him a question a week for a year. Stop and then it, it wrote a book for us. Look and at that foresight. It was, oh, that's amazing. We did that just the year before he passed. So it was wow. unreal that we manifested. Yeah, that we got that figured out. But um, yeah, I think he used the term life is good like maybe 9,000 times uh, within like 200 pages. Um, that was like a saying, but yeah, his stories were unreal. He That's was so cool, larger than life in so many ways. And yeah, what a great treasure to have those stories, right? And just the legacy that he's left with you guys. Oh yeah. Okay, and so now, what are you doing now? <laughs> right? Yeah. So when you go through a tragedy, um, I say that the people you want to be around are the people that probably are hurting as bad as you are. Um, misery loves comfort, right? So we found ourselves you know, craving to be around my dad's road family in Nashville. 
So throughout the funeral processes and that whole separation, um, we would go to dinners and do stuff like that with them. We would exchange stories and we would hear all the funny stories they had of with my dad on the road. So then um, they made some comment about how this tour was finally going to happen that they had been talking about for a while, but COVID had delayed it so much. And they were just looking for like a few more like positions on the tour and then it would like get going. And I don't know what happened, but um, I went to bed that night and I could not sleep. And I was like, Natalie, what are you thinking? Like you just went to college for eight years. You just landed your dream job. You're absolutely loving it and doing great at it. And what are you thinking? Like, what is going through your mind? Well, let me pause right there. Had you been practicing like for a year at this point? Almost two years. Two years. Yeah. Okay. So at my dream practice. At your dream like, practice. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then I, within um, two months from that night, I had wrote my boss, um, the veterinarian that owned the practice, a five page letter explaining that I was going to be leaving for a little while, taking a leave of absence and disappearing. But I had to get out there and and walk in my dad's shoes and um, I included a really small quote and I don't remember the statistics but something about the average life expectancy was 78 years and this tour would take up like 0.007 percent of my life and that was all I needed and um, so yeah I literally was like I'm it hire me let's go and I'm sure they were hoping for somebody with a little bit more touring experience than just the Fletcher last name but they got me Um, so I went and I started the tour in May of last year and we did all of the U.S., Canada, Australia, and then this year we're doing fairs, festivals, and Las Vegas residencies. And everywhere I go, someone has a Baja story, and it uh, doesn't take them long to be like, "The smile, I see it. You've got to be man. Baja's kid." And to just get to um, hear those and like walk where he walked at all these different venues across the world is absolutely been the coolest thing I've gift. ever experienced I'm literally like crying my eyes out right now <laughs> yeah, like what a gift to be able gift. to do that yeah because like I said earlier like a lot of people go through bad things but like for me to get to handle my grief in the way that I am yeah. I think that's I don't even know the word for that it's crazy yeah and I mean I think with people like you know you have kind of <laughs> In a sense, of course, everybody goes through stuff. You had to go through your parents' divorce, but you kind of had like the fairy tale growing yes. up, like the best of both. Yeah, like you know, y'all didn't struggle. You had like horses. You got to rodeo. You mm-hmm. got to do anything Natalie and Lucinda wanted to do. Natalie and Lucinda got to do, you know. And yep. then like, and you were so loved, and everything was all. And this just rocked. I mean, like I was there through it. Like I, I cried for these girls. Like I just felt their hurt. And it's hard, I think, when you're. When you haven't been through something like that, you know, and and yeah. and such a steady big part of your life is like shattered, you know. Yeah, and, and like just... I said, shower uppers, like that was Clark and Natalie called, and they're like, we don't even know what to say. Like, no one our age has gone through this really yet. Like, what what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And I was like, just come, like just come up here and like sit next to me and tell me that I'm gonna be okay. Like that's it. And they did, and we cried and we hugged, and that was that. But I will say, like my dad was extremely positive in his life life whatever was life is good life is good life, life is, good. is good and you never had a problem you only had situations and every single day was a brand new day that had never been lived in before and so you had to take that and do what you wanted with it so losing him I could only help but like hear that voice of like no like life was better when he was here but like life is still good and like we are all gonna be back together one day and it makes me so excited for that day yeah and I still have tons I want to accomplish here on earth but like life is still good and like this day I still have the rest of it that has not been lived in before and like if I can do any positive bit at all then I'll know that like it was worth it you know so I think it's it's there's nothing about this that's been easy but 
there's something about it being helpful knowing that like that person was very positive that you miss. And they clearly left that impression on you and you're now yes. carrying that on as I well. Hope. And not every day. I still kick, scream sure. and cry, but <laughs> you know, like well, what would Baja think? What would he do right now? Okay. Yeah. Let me get off my butt and let's go do it kind of thing. That's so wonderful that you are able to process and handle it that way. Because sometimes when tragedy does strike, people get hung up in it and they just wallow in it and then they never truly live right anymore so and I think that now is a good time to say like I think mental health is so important and I was very fortunate to like know that I didn't want to be that kid that she was a good girl until her dad died and then she got on the wrong path and so I had to keep that and my grief in front of me at all times and I got into therapy right away and I had the best grief counselor and like you have to keep that stuff in front of you because if you do lo- lose control of it, then it's, I mean, who knows what happens, right? Mm, we all have stories of people that we know that that's yes. happened to for sure. And you Tragic. know, I mean, when, when all of this hit you guys and you, and you know, you got through it and y'all didn't have a funeral right away. Right. Um, you know, and so they ended up having a memorial for him. Um, was like two months later. Yeah. We, he passed the end of August and we did it until the beginning of October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had, they had a great, a wonderful memorial for him in Nashville. And it was just a true testament. I laugh like now <laughs> about just Baja would want me to laugh there while I was there and think that this was fine. Again, he's larger than life, positive guy, but I tripped over Randy Travis, like <laughs> trying to get out of like he's sitting in the. I was like, <laughs> "There's oh, one sir, I'm sorry," and then I was like, "Oh crap, that's Randy Travis." I just tripped over, like you know. But he was there, and it was he came to support. I mean, you know, yeah. he and he wanted to make a point to talk to you girls. I mean, Reba sang at the opening of it. Uh, which one is that? I don't know. Ronnie and Kicks. Yeah, but they were both there. Kicks was the one that spoke yeah. and told some great story. They t- they made it all about him and told these stories. Keith Urban got up and I think Keith's speech was great when he said Baja was rare. He was mm-hmm. like he was like I was kept trying to think like what am I supposed to say like and he was like rare like Baja is right and I'm like wow because you don't meet people like him and then and when I, you do you obviously and what remember. I always bragged about him. And, and Marty for is they raised two kids or on the road all the time. He's on the road all the time. She's, you know, single mom and at home. They're both raised kids that grew up to be, to have doctorates. Wow. Like, and not be on drugs and not be alcoholics. (laughs) And I'm like that, I mean, what a legacy to leave when you're in that type of, you know, you're in the music industry, you know, I mean, you know, lots of stuff goes on and and he never hid anything from you guys. He was always so honest (laughs) with them. I loved it. Like, you know, but it was like. They could have easily ended up like a lot of these kids who were kids of mm-hmm. famous people, country music star, or in the business in general. And yeah. they didn't. Like, they've like, they ended up good, valuable citizens and <laughs> productive like, and citizens. productive and like great jobs and great friends. And like, the best thing about them, too, what you don't know about Natalie and Lucinda. And I say the two of y'all together a lot because if you know them and they're like <laughs> together all the time, like yeah, Natalie and Lucinda. she's not right here. Next yeah, time. yeah. I mean, honestly, like she probably like, told her too because she'll be like, Natalie. No, um, but they, the two of them like have this group of friends, like they take anybody in. Like I laugh and say, you know, of course they became friends with that. And I'll come up and Natalie has a new friend at the barn. And she's like, oh, this is so-and-so. Like they have like this like ragtag group of friends. And when I say that, like I'm including myself, like just these like they, they they genuinely get to know people yes. and love them and people just naturally attract to them yeah. just, but everybody you know. has a story to tell like I think that's so cool of 
I used to think like, oh, if you don't rodeo, I have nothing in common with you. And then you get out in the world and you're like, oh my God, like everybody has like something really cool about them. And if you can learn that one connection is all it takes. And then you have a very great friend so true. Yeah. And we have more in common than we think. Yes. Everybody. You, you have more just, common ground yes. than you think. Okay, so now you're, you took a leave of absence from your career. You're going to walk in Baja shoes. So what do, what do you do now? What is so your- now I am out on tour and I deal more with like the production side of things. Um, I, I take that very seriously and I love it. But there's also really cool things that I get to do too that probably aren't part of my job description. Um, my dad took the confetti very seriously at concerts. <laughs> And he was the production manager, which if you ever look at a job title, that never includes you're in charge of confetti. <laughs> so he took that very on upon himself. But um, so during the last song, Keith plays a song called Wasted Time. And I had to really learn my cue because the first time I shot confetti, everybody made a big deal about it. Like Baja's daughter is coming to shoot the confetti. And I'm like so excited. I've got my hands on the go point. And um, Keith slows the song down to talk and he's like, thank you for coming out tonight. We're so glad we get to have concerts. And boom, there went all my confetti. <laughs> at the most anticlimactic part of the song. And I was like, I have gotten fired before my first paycheck. <laughs> um, so then I studied the song and now I take it very serious. I know exactly when it is. <laughs> and so they've been letting me do confetti off stage, right? And my dad loved that because you shoot it and then you look out in the crowd and you see everybody else and how happy it makes them. And they're just trying to catch it and hold on to like what that, that day felt like for them, you know, like it was, so, um, I really love doing that. That's probably my favorite. Well, and let's, let's go into the confetti real quick. Tell them about the confetti. Can we, can we talk about that? Yeah. The confetti, like how, how Brooks uh, kicks and uh, Brooks and Dunn had it because he was their production manager first. And yeah, that was their thing was the confetti. Yeah. They thought it was their thing. You know, that was their thing. They, (laughs) dad was their production manager. And I I don't know if anyone listening has been to a Brooks and Dunn concert, but you talk about the good old days right there. I mean, their production, it was just awesome. And so dad had four confetti cannons and it was um slim and lefty and howdy and hoss they had names and um brooks and dunn took their confetti seriously and when they decided that they were gonna you know take a break back in 2010 ish um they were like okay confetti's over like that's that and my dad i think kind of sweeps right in and is like i'll take care of those confetti cannons and he gets hired by Keith Urban and he's like, hey, look what I got. You know, I got confetti cannons and there they go again. So I think no one really was shocked um, that the Baja took that over. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's cool that Keith, you know, still does it and and how special it is now. You know, it speaks a whole new language to a lot of us. So my sister and I made an investment in our own cannon. We might have a little confetti at the wedding. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so confetti's a big deal to us. I love that. I love it. That's yeah, so, so cool. I do that, and then um, we we travel right now. Like I said, we're doing some fairs and festivals in like Canada and the Midwest, and then in November we have one more run in Las Vegas. Um, that we'll do that, and then my job will actually end at the end of the year. Um, and then I do plan to go back and do back to vet- the veterinary world, and I'm very excited. Like I've kept my hands involved in that adjusting horses and and still like working with them to to stay sharp but I do miss it I mean obviously that was my passion and I worked really hard to get where I was and I just knew that this was something I had to do for my grief and for my growing as a person that if I didn't go do it I couldn't imagine the regret later so to have these stories to get to tell my kids one day because their grandfather won't be here to tell them um 
I think that that's just like super special it that I have is, those. It's so cool. Yeah. I love that. What's a typical day, like a concert day? Like, oh my God. How many hours are you? It's crazy. So I told people like, luckily with my position, um, I'm one of the first ones off the bus in the morning and one of the last few back on at night. So I get the full experience, right? That's pretty cool. Um, typically I get up, you know, 6am and I'm in charge of kind of helping lay out the land in the mornings and make sure everybody knows where they're going. Um, when, when they come in to start their day for work and, I could say I've struggled with that because I'll be like, oh, like they'll understand caterings that way. Open your nose. And it's like, no, you you have to help sign that and make it make sense. And um, so I do all that and then work in the production office throughout the day. And then in the evenings, I deal more with like the VIP um, customers that are coming to the show. And they're all very interesting, too. Like they're big fans and to get to know all of them and their stories and a few of them will like bring me cookies at check-in and you get to really know them. And they're like, Oh, Natalie, you're too much like your dad. Like, why are you friends with every single one of them? <laughs> you're like, because I brought me any of you like on her social media. Like she'll be like, Oh, fan of the week here. Like, you know, it's like That's cookies, Starbucks, so you know, something they brought her. They're funny, but really just, um, to get to bond with like the band and the crew and, and get to like, cause they all knew my dad. And there were some years that they spent more time with my dad than I did at home. And I think everybody's like, listen, like we loved your dad. Your dad talks so highly of you girls. But what they don't know is when my dad came home, what they would, he would share about them. I mean, those were like his road kids and his family. And so to finally get to see them, like they treat me like their second daughter or sister or whatever. And to be taken in with open arms, like that's really, really special. But, um, so then the show happens and I'll go out and, you know, watch my few favorite songs if I'm able to. And then the confetti is obviously the most important part of the day. And then load in can, can, or load out could take, you know, a few hours after the show. So then you're crawling back in your bunk and within a few hours you have to get up and do it again. So I'm a fairly healthy 28 year old and I'm like, oh my God, how did my dad do this? Like his knees were bummed. He was three times my age and like I feel like I've gotten ran over by a train by the second show you know yeah. so it made me respect him way more I wish I would have obviously learned all this before and I could have been like hey wait you're pretty cool you know yeah. how do you do this well because that's something else to add like you know Natalie's 27 so you would think that like Baja's like 50 but Baja was seven- 72 when he passed so yeah he was an older dad but you didn't know it he you acted didn't like it. he was 45 oh 100 he, miles an hour 45 yeah <laughs> like he was like thir- like I, I could run with it like again like me and him we right off the bat like I mean he's one of those people that just grabs your soul so I'm I, I, when Natalie talked about doing this and going on the road I was like and talked about how all the people were hurting you know on the road too and I was like of course like I mean this is somebody I met one time who had like a huge just like you shared about him with me yeah like like his impact like he just has this way about him and it's the life is good today is a new day that has never been lived before it was just his motto and it was like but he lived it he didn't just say it i think there's a difference in that he lived it and 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 he just and again his his legacy left or his kids who were just good human beings and then to like i said still have a great relationship with his 
ex-mother-in-law and uh, you yes. know an ex-wife you know it was a big deal you yeah. know i mean that's just it, they kind of like overcome all the odds if that mm. makes sense you sure. know like yeah. most people wouldn't think that you know everything but it, it all works out and and also natalie is not bragging on herself enough of what a great <laughs> rodeo person that she is um she's a phenomenal roper she also barrel races and her and her sister run a um what do you even call it i don't know i always wonder why she does this i'm like y'all don't even need money like you we just have love a these great kids. group of junior rodeo kids at my house about 15 to 20 that we give lessons to and every help week. out throughout the week every, every week. week every yeah. week and then takes them to junior rodeos on That's the weekends so cute. Like, yeah it's when funny i'll get off the bus like on a sunday and i'll be like all right see everybody friday and i get back and like i've adjusted like 10 horses and gave 15 riding lessons and been to three rodeos Oh my <laughs> back gosh. to work so yeah her downtime at home isn't really like downtime i run this barn and facility and i mean kids and you know it's kids with horses so you yeah. gotta be like on it yeah. yeah, but my parents didn't rodeo. So like to touch on that, like Clark, Natalie's yeah. boyfriend, he came from a rodeo family. So his dad could really help him in so many ways. And mine were so supportive in so many ways, financially, physically, emotionally, in all the ways. But we didn't know which way my cowboy hat went on. And so <laughs> to have people that stepped in um, when they did, I had a dear friend named Lacey Silvers that was the best to me. And she taught me everything I needed to know. And she passed away when I was younger. But to lead on like if I could just do to them what she did to me and so I have the best group of kids and parents that all work so hard but it's cool to get to be like hey just because your parents don't already like you can still do this right right so that's been neat okay and also you don't sound East Tennessee <laughs> so what's up with that you don't at all I've always said that I don't know you don't have a southern accent at all I don't know what that is I maybe just like being around I, I guess being around so many different types of people that's probably helped I guess um because I mean in my vet school class there was someone from every part of the country and then traveling a lot maybe I don't know traveling a lot mm -hmm. or maybe your dad because he was always traveling well, her, a lot her fiance makes up for her country oh boy does country he mess, <laughs> speak you know? banjo yeah I sometimes mean, I'm like English please English <laughs> please which I'm like Logan talks just fine yeah. you know me yeah. over here I'm like I me and Clark are like wait a second we don't speak <laughs> like this <laughs> Natalie's actually gotten better See, so, I had to like, you know, back in I, college, she was like straight banjo when she opened her mouth. Sure, so. well, I've had to a little bit. Now it depends. You get me around some of the people I grew up with or my old friends. That it comes, comes out back, like real quick. quick. Southern twang, man. Southern twang. So, okay. You're like the most interesting oh, person God. ever. <laughs> this is so I, cool. I know, right? So, okay. You're not going to go on tour anymore? Like you feel like you completed check. Yeah, when you say that, I feel like I the big like check mark emoji comes up in my head. Um, I am so glad I did it. Like I've never not regretted anything less than I have this, and it was such a big decision. Like imagine calling your boyfriend of like six years and being like, "Hey, by the way, all those tears and tests I've cried through that you've helped me with, um, I'm gonna leave that for now." Or telling your friends. I mean, they thought I was like having a stroke like yeah she's not everybody's well. face was like wait what and I just like prayed for just a touch of understanding but um I knew that it was going to be okay and like it was such a leap of faith that like um as tempting as it is to go on and do this forever my dad was the best dad but he missed out on a lot a lot a lot a lot and um he made it work and if it wouldn't have been for such a good mom then like it probably would not have worked 
but that's what I know a family and friends and quality time are that's my love language is I love to be around the people I love with nothing more and so I do miss that a lot of of being I feel like I'm living kind of two separate lives and it worked for my dad but I do miss the um the routine of like knowing that I'm going to get to see my friends in the evening after work and this and this and that I'm trying to build a house back on the farm so I am excited for the next chapter and everybody's like well what are you going to be doing and I'm like do you have a direct line to God like I'm done planning like I pray about it and I know that I did not get to where I am right now by planning or by accident and that I know that my plan is already um wrote out I just don't know it yet but I will know it yeah. and I will get to live it and I can't wait to see what's next that's so exciting but um it is it's tempting it. not to I mean it's it's a fairy tale world like we get to go on really nice buses and private planes and eat amazing food and listen to good music every night like who wouldn't want to do that who wouldn't want to do um, that but I also really miss like showing up to a barn and saving a horse's life yes so I wish there were two of me and then maybe right. that one would stand tour and that one would go would go do that stuff but um I just think I'm just so lucky I got to do it. Like, I, I will never forget these times. And the pictures, I had a Polaroid camera that my friends from back home gave me. And um, I'd take tons of pictures and I post them everywhere because I need to keep these memories. Like, it's it's just it's, been so cool. What a special gift. I love yeah, that. I do too. I love that I for you that you got to do that. I feel very fortunate. Yeah. All right, Natalie Maria Stout, anything else you want to ask 2.0? No, again, like she, she's one of Clark's best friends. Like loves her. Like we have, and and you, it's first of all, it's dangerous to put her and Clark together. They will get in trouble, <laughs> and they will get other people in trouble because they like to pick on and make fun of people. Not really like pick on and make fun yeah. of people, but the people who kind of deserve it. You know, yeah. like they love to mess with people. They like to dish it, and it's like, yeah, they like to dish it, and they can take it. They can take it. Yeah, but they loved. It's dangerous. The two of them. To, I sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, like do I have the energy for like Natalie and Clark? But no, I love them I love both. It. I love I love them together, and I love that they they're like me. And you they were college roommates mm -hmm. yes and when you when natalie introduced me to your whole group you were like she's natalie's clark or yes something. yes that's why i love yeah. you all too so much because you guys like know everything yeah. about each other and your love is so cool yeah and but it's yeah. the same with like her and clark like yes. they just like making like and again y'all y'all rodeo together in high school but like really just bonded yes. and, and in college Clark's the best how do you not love clark he is and like to be a guy like there are so many situations where he could have like sided with the other guy or the ex-boyfriend or whatever it yeah. was in that situation but to have stayed so steady through so many phases of life that we both have lived it's like god you don't really find like that good of friends very often but um he was they were they were just up for the fourth and I remember my mom being like that dang Clark I just laugh at him all the time you know <laughs> so the family loves him but how cool that he brought Natalie into our lives because my sister and I love Natalie and the memories we've already made with with her have been like god i feel like i've known her forever yeah, so it definitely feels like that with them so god definitely lines people up in your in your life for a reason and i'm super right thankful time. for like her and her sister and all my friends i've made up in knoxville so and even their mom and grandma like they're just super great people and they've I been great it. to us we always feel at home when we go there you know we go to knoxville and like but we have a place to stay you know it's like we may stay at lucinda's we may stay at natalie's <laughs> marty's even was like why aren't y'all ever staying miles over the fourth i was like i don't know you have the biggest nicest house why aren't we staying with <laughs> why you are we all not there yeah, like here come to my cabin <laughs> yeah, no, so. so natalie where do people find you on social media if they um, now feel like they're your best friend and yeah to so on you? instagram natalie flutch and i love to post videos of confetti so yeah. if you like confetti yeah. follow me um yeah. Yeah, Keith Urban and Confetti and my horses. I live, like I said, you never know where I'll be. One day I might be at the farm 
with a thousand kids and 10 horses strangling me. And the next day I might be backstage at a festival so fun. playing cornhole. Like you just never know. Yeah. Just never know. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you guys. I think it's so cool what you guys have done. You both are so successful in this community and the way you give back. So it's like an honor to be here at this table with you all. Thanks. Now we should go explore some local businesses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. We'll chat with you again next week.